we celebrate that He is light in the darkness, and that in so many ways our waiting is over, that the hope and the joy and the faith, the peace that we have longed for, prayed for, has come. In Jesus' first teaching, he said, today is the day that the prophet's words are fulfilled among you. Today is the day of the Lord. Light has come into darkness, and in so many ways, the darkness fails to recognize it, fails to see it, and often runs from it. But the truth is, He has come. He has come into our midst. He is with us. He is our God. He is Emmanuel. This year, our, our kids are getting a little older and Christmas changes as your kids get older. In some ways, it can become more expensive. In some ways... Excitement and joy changes, and you can begin to help them realize what Christmas is to us. And I've been, I've been wrestling with this question, what is, what is Christmas? If there were no trees or decorations, if there were no gifts, if, if there were no big meals, if the parties ended and everything else was finished. What is Christmas? What are we celebrating? Why are we doing all of this? It reminded me of about 10 years ago. Actually, 10 years ago, this Sunday... I was, um, I was preaching my last Sunday at a church. We thought God had been calling us to plant a church in, in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, and we had been working on it for eight or ten months. And just about late October, we realized, no, this was not what we were supposed to do. But we had resigned from the church where we were serving And now we would end the year, we would go into Christmas unemployed. Pastors don't get unemployment. I was the only employment in our household. And it was scary. There weren't a whole lot of gifts that year. Not a whole lot of big parties or big meals. In fact, we were, we were given a gift card as a goodbye from the church we had served for three years. We took that gift card and sold it to buy a week's worth of groceries. And I'm reminded at times of what a few years can do. I'm reminded of what mattered in those seasons. Seasons of pain and loss and doubt. I'm reminded of why we do the things we do. We decorate and we give gifts and we have parties. 
And I think it's because of those times. When you don't have enough. When you're not sure how you're going to pay for groceries. When you have been through such tragic loss in a year. It shakes you to the core. When you have failed in some way that it makes you question who you are. When you can't solve the problem. See, we, we all have those times and we all have those years and we all have those situations. And as we come together around Christmas, we're reminded that our situations and our failures and our losses and our struggles do not define us. We are reminded that God does not abandon us. And that whether we can feel it or not, whether we can see it or not, he's still working. He is still there with us. We are reminded that there is power in hope. That hope is greater than fear. Fear is not absent. Fear is a part of life. There's something, there's no such thing as a sane, fearless person. (laughs) Fear is a part of life. But we are reminded during this time as we stop. That there is power in hope. That, that hope is greater than fear. That hope can guide us and define us and shape us when it rests in the way maker. We are reminded of our mission of love. That there was one who showed up out of pure love. And invited us to be a part of something that is simply defined as love. He gave us one command as he left this world. Love one another as I have loved you. Not as you think you ought to love. Not as some kind of mushy love. Not just the people that you like. Not the way you wish someone would love you, but the way that Christ has loved the world in sacrifice, in joy, in hope, in possibility, in empowering, in true love that values others. We're reminded of our mission, of our power, of what a gift really is. It's not an obligation It's it's not something that is deserved or could be undeserved. It is a pure act of love, an expression of kindness and joy and hope and love for another person. We're reminded of the reason we have joy. When we battle bad weeks, months, years, when we fight off Depression, when we go against the struggles of this world and we want to sink in despair, we are reminded 
that there is a reason for joy and that our circumstances don't have to define us. That Paul in a dirty prison cell could say, but I rejoice and you should rejoice in the Lord always. That in every situation, rejoice, celebrate that we are not abandoned, that God is working. There is joy in this world. We overflow in this joy and we are reminded in moments like these, whether we have enough or we feel like we have too little, whether the presence are big or small or there's none at all, whether we decorate or not, that there is joy in this world and we are ambassadors of joy, that we can choose joy in every circumstance because our God is with us. And we recognize, we recognize That peace is worth sacrificing for. As we sit around tables even. (laughs) With family members that maybe we have fought with for years. That peace is worth sacrificing the need to be right. Or even to be heard. That peace... For Jesus, was worth sacrificing everything. One who refused to kill to make the world turn out right, but was willing to die to bring peace. Not as the world gives peace or defines peace. That there was this vulnerable infant born thousands of years ago that has turned the world upside down. There was a young woman. And a young man committed to be married. Just waiting for that day when they would share a home. And their, their relationship, their marriage would be complete. And God spoke into this young woman's life a promise that she would be used. He spoke to Mary said, I'm going to do something that is going to change everything for everyone. And you're going to be a part of it. Not sure how that would work. She still trusted. The Spirit... Gave her a baby boy. And she walked through all kinds of shame and misunderstanding for months as she carried that child with both hope and insecurity. There was a man named Joseph, her betrothed, 
who chose grace, who chose mercy, brought Mary home, chose to be a father to that child, together, under a bright star, they brought that child into the world. And contrary to any hymn, he cried. A lot. Because that's what babies do. Especially when they're born in a cave. Born in a cave. Buried in a cave. John describes him as Light in the darkness. Light in the darkness. Light is a strange thing. It moves in through a vacuum at like 186,000 miles a second, right? When it hits the density of a diamond, it slows down to about 77,000 miles a second as it bounces off all of those carbon elements and creates this sparkle it moves like a ray through space and time it moves like a wave and it's so strange because as it moves through space it is different than any other wave it doesn't move anything but itself it's strange Plato thought that we saw things with rays of light that shot out of our eyes. (laughs) He may not have been completely wrong. Humans, people really are bioluminescent. In the afternoons, especially around our lips and our cheeks, there may be a glow as light shines from within. 90% of creatures that live 15,000 feet below the surface of the sea are bioluminescent. They create their own light. Light is so strange. Light lets us see what we couldn't see before. When we go to the to the scriptures, light becomes this really important part of our story is it dispels darkness. I was in the attic this week. We did some renovating. I had to run some new cable and forgot my phone so I didn't have a flashlight. I'm walking, carrying the the work light and I get about 40 feet from the opening and the light bulb goes out and I'm in the attic which, by the way, is not covered with plywood. (laughs) And it's dark. I only hit my head three times trying to find my way back. Stepping just on rafters so I don't crash through the floor. We get that, right? Like, maybe you've not been stuck in an attic. And statistically, the chances of any of us ever actually being in a completely dark room are almost zero. Light pollution is everywhere. But that black, that darkness, 
We felt it in our souls. We felt it in our lives and our options. We felt like hope was gone. We felt like we didn't know where to turn or what to do and we just kept crashing into things or falling through the floor at every turn. What we really needed was just a little bit of light. We didn't didn't really need this situation fixed. We didn't need everything solved. We just needed a little bit of light to see our way. And into that kind of world, into the caves of life, we we hear the gospel writers speak. In John chapter 12, verse 46, Jesus shouted to the crowds, If you trust me, you're trusting not only me, but also the one who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. You are seeing God when you see me. I have come as light to shine in this dark world. So that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Luke chapter 1 verse 79, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break in upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide us, to guide us to the path of peace. John eight twelve, Jesus spoke to the people once more and he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness because you will have light that leads to life. In John chapter 1, as John tells the story of this man and woman who had this child, Jesus, as he tells the story of of those shepherds who came to see, of of the wise men who traveled following a star, all of the pieces that we've heard and seen and know, He describes it a little differently. He says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never, never extinguish it. The darkness can never extinguish the light of Christ. There may be pain, there may be loss, there may be confusion. We may feel like we are stuck in the cave or the prison cell. But Jesus showed up. Born into that cave as light in our darkness to help us see. When we see him, we see hope. We see peace. We see joy. We see love. When we see him, who we see is Waymaker. Who we see is the Miracle Worker. Who we see the promise keeper who we see is light in the darkness and he keeps inviting us year after year to stop and see him again 
To see him as he is, not as we would create him or expect him to be, but to allow him to show up again in our lives, making a way, guiding us to peace, showing us a new path, that the world doesn't have to be as it is right now. We began this series with the the words of the prophet Isaiah, behold, I am doing a new thing. Can't you see it? Can't you see it? This Christmas, we are invited to see that something began 2,000 years ago. Something began all those years ago. The dream of God broke into humanity once again. That the dream of God has been erupting year after year, breaking through in communities and in people all around us. And he invites us. He invites us to be a part of it. He invites us to celebrate that this is not all there is. That darkness and violence and hatred and division and greed and pursuit after more achievements and more accomplishments and and trying to to create our own identity and, and the separations that we have from one another, that is not all there is. That anxiety and depression and fear and worry and doubt, that is not all there is. That waiting is not all there is. That there is hope. There is peace. There is joy. There is power in love because Jesus showed up in the world and continues to show up in the world. He continues to show up in your life And in my life, as the one who makes a way, the one who takes the little bit and creates a miracle with it, the one who keeps his promises, the one who is light to help you see what is true and real and possible. He is light in the darkness. He's not... Light in the darkness all alone, though. We told this story when I was a children's pastor. We called it the parable of the light. (laughs) And every Sunday we would stop and we would put a candle like this in the center of the room and we would tell the story of a day when light broke into the darkness. And it was a small light and, and people would gather from all around to see the light. To see their way forward. To connect to the light. But there was something that happened whenever you were touched by the light. The light became a part of you. You became a part of it. But there was a day when the light changed. And it was snuffed out. But it didn't just go out and we would... We would point to that moment when the smoke was rising and draw the children's attention to how the the energy of that light is now changed and is spreading throughout the room and all around. Jesus may not walk among us the way he did those 30 some years long ago, but he walks in us and with us. 
And when the light touches us, we are filled with the light. And our lives begin to change. We see what's real. Some of it we like, some of it we don't. And when he touches us with that light and that light begins to dispel the darkness, it turns our lives around. Some of us can look at this last year or recent years and remember the moment when we were touched by the light. And maybe it feels like that wick has been small, that that light has been dim. We are reminded today that the mission that Jesus entered the world to start continues through us. In just a moment, we're going to be invited to receive communion. It doesn't matter if it's your first time here or you've been here every Sunday, the doors have been open. You're invited to the table. It doesn't matter whether you feel worthy or not. It's a gift. Jesus, body and blood, broken and spilt for you, a gift. You cannot deserve or earn or be worthy of. It's a gift of forgiveness, of grace, of hope. It is a gift of love. It is how he loved us. (laughs) And... A reminder of how we're meant to love. And so in just a moment, some of the staff will come and they'll hold the elements. Just take a piece of bread. It's already broken for you. Dip it in the cup and receive. As you do, you'll hear the words, the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ spilt for you. These are the only things that preserve us unto life everlasting. After you receive, we're going to invite you to to stop by one of the buckets on either side and grab a candle and then just go back to your seat. In a few moments, we'll pass the light as a reminder. A reminder of what Jesus has done for us, in us, and through us. Now, I realize there are children in the room, and it may get a little noisy and odd. That's just fine. That's family. I imagine there'll be some weird, loud things that happen around your table this week. Jesus expects nothing less around his table. It's okay. We'll grab the candles, and we'll go back to our seats, and we'll wrap up. Our time together. As you receive, allow your mind to focus on the gift that He's given us, on the the love that He gives us, and the light He's brought into your life. Maybe begin to thank Him for the people who passed the light to you, the people who have been there. To encourage and and to fan that flame of God's love in you. Maybe take a moment and, and thank him for all of those through this years of life that have 
impacted and pointed you to him. And then as you continue to kind of wait for that time, begin to ask yourself, who in your life needs the light? Who needs to be sitting with you next year? To whom can you pass the light this year? Let's pray. And after we pray, you're invited to receive. Just come to the center aisle and work your way around and back to your seats. And once everyone is received, we'll continue. Father, we are in awe of you, of your love that would send your son to us. Jesus, we are in awe of you. Your willingness to do whatever it would take to draw us close. You came into this world as vulnerable as an infant. Trusted yourself to us as human beings. Lived and died and rose again and entrusted your mission to us. And so today as we receive the bread and the cup, we receive your gift. We receive your love, your grace and mercy, and your mission. In Jesus' name, amen. You come as you're ready.